This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated or underseen. I'm Alice Oliver, I'm your host for this week, and I'm joined as ever by Josh Hallam. And it was his turn to pick the film and he went with confidence from 2003. So let's see what we reckon. So, Josh, before we get into this week's film, why don't you tell our listeners all about our Patreon? Yes. So if you head over to patreon.com forward slash just films and that, if you're thinking that you fancy a little bit of extra content from us, access to episodes a day early, other bonus stuff as well, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash just films and that. It's linked in the episode description, so you'll be able to find it. All tiers uh, include uh, episodes, episode access a day early uh, and bonus extended episodes as well. So aren't you lucky? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash just films and that. Fabulous. Thanks, Josh. Sounds so interesting. I'll have to check it's, it out myself. It's almost interesting. It, it is. It's <laughs> almost interesting, Alice. Listen, it help keep, it keeps the lights on. We do this for free. We've done nearly 200 episodes, guys. You know what I mean? Wow, if you so want to do a little bit of supporting, get on over there. If not, well, thanks for listening. There we go. Yes, thanks for listening, as always, indeed. Um, right, so back to this week's film then, Josh. So as I said, it's Confidence from 2003. So spoiler warning, listeners, if you haven't seen this one yet. So Josh, do tell us what is the film about? But more importantly, why did you pick it? So Confidence is a film from 2003. It's um, it's sort of, you know, it's a sexy con man film. That's what <laughs> it is. Like, I'm not going to go, you know, there's some guys and they wear suits and they're cleverer than other people and they're conning people out of money and they're grifting people and stuff like that. That's what it's about. It sort of like came out around the same time as Ocean's Eleven and stuff like that. But I, And I love Ocean's Eleven, but I can't pick it because it's not underrated and it's Mm-mm. not under scene. And Mm-mm. maybe I'll pick it as one I just want to talk about just one want day. To talk, but... Maybe on your birthday or something. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, as a present to myself, I'll pick mm-hmm. to talk. But anyway, so Confidence is a film about a group of con men who are trying to pull off a big con in order to pay off a debt and also seek the revenge of the death of one of their friends. Stars Edward Burns, Rachel Weisz, Paul Giamatti, uh, Dustin Hoffman amongst others why did I pick it so I picked it because um I think it is I think it's underseen it didn't it you know it, it didn't set the world on fire box office wise and it, you know it might be a little bit underrated as well which we'll come to when we come to the scores so that's that is that's why I picked it um underseen and a little bit underrated but we shall see so had you seen this one before 
I hadn't seen it and I don't really think I'd heard of it. I don't think this was on my radar at all. And I had quite a lukewarm reaction (laughs) to this. And I thought, you know, I thought I was going to like it. Because, mm. like, I mean, like, really like it. Because I, I do, like, I quite like this sort of thing. I thought it was going to be, like, you know, a little bit trashy, a little bit cheesy, yeah, yeah. but, like, sexy and stuff. Yeah. A bit like Focus, you know, when we did Focus well, so when Barbara so, came on. So that's when I added it to my list. Oh, so interesting. So when, when Barbara picked Focus, hello, Barbara, hope you're still listening. <laughs> when Barbara picked Focus, I was like, well, I like I like sexy combat films. Who doesn't <laughs> like a sexy combat film? Um, and like I said, I like Ocean's Eleven, but I couldn't pick that. So I, this is a film that I, I think I came onto this film because I think you remember back in the day when you watched DVDs, uh, did you sure. ever have unskippable adverts to get to the menu? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there was an advert for this just on a DVD I had, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that looks good. I watched it. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's how I came across it. But when Barbara did focus, it just sort of little little reminder went off in my head. I was like, oh, yeah. I'll add confidence to the list. And then I looked at what we picked recently. I thought, well, maybe it's time for a bit of sexy comment film. But anyway, so you were you were lukewarm on confidence. I was lukewarm on confidence. <laughs> but you know what? The weird thing was, like, there are individual aspects of the film yeah. that are really good. Yeah, so yeah. it was it was interesting. Like when I was I was like, oh, this thing's really good. It's oh, but I'm not really like feeling loads about this or whatever. So it was quite mixed. But I, I mean, my list of things that I did like is long, and there is going to be plenty oh, to talk about here. Uh, but we'll start with you first of all. I want to know a bit <laughs> more about your relationship with this film. Like, mm. well, you you touched on it there. Like you see it on as a trailer on the DVD, and you thought, oh, that's a bit of me that. So is this one that you've seen quite a lot or was this like the first viewing since you were an it's, adult? It's def- no, it's definitely one I've seen as an adult. I hadn't watched it for mm. a, a good few years because I'd forgotten bits about it. Like, for example, it's not aged very well, which we will come on to, but there are some bits where I was like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I saw a trailer for it somewhere, whether that be on a DVD, on the telly, in the cinema, whatever it was. Uh, and I think it's, it's definitely riding the coattails of Ocean's Eleven, isn't it? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely something. It's like, like we've talked before, I remember when The Matrix came out and loads of films after it came out were like, you know, it's like, it's like the Matrix, but it's not. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one of them. But look, there are things to like about it. So I've, you know, I've, I've got something, in, some things in my likes as well. Looking at it with a critical eye, did enjoy it again. Enjoyed it again. I already watched. It's not pretending to be anything that it, it, that it's not. I don't think it's mm-hmm. pretending to be an upmarket, intelligent indie film or anything like that. It's, you know, it's 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 sleek. It's quite cool. It's quite mm-hmm. sexy. It's got quite a jazzy, cool soundtrack. Oh, um, the soundtrack, you know, yeah. I just, yeah, I think it's just good, fluffy entertainment, really. It's mm-hmm. nothing too taxing. I think it's definitely one you could stick, you know, it's not a kid's film, but you could definitely stick it on a couple on a Saturday night on your own whenever you were, whenever you were watching it. I think there's, I think they use all the elements of the genre really well. It's definitely mm-hmm. quite self-aware. It knows that it's, there's an element of it being tongue in cheek. There's, there's elements of it. No, it knows, you know, whereas Ocean's Eleven's quite down the line and serious in places. This definitely knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite, yeah, quite like that. Um, so uses a lot of the sort of tropes of the genre quite well i think there's a decent balance in this a lot of genre films have a lot of exposition dumping in there is a lot of that in this but i think that it's balanced for the most part fairly well um it's a bit pandering in places but i think that it it does fit the world and it does a good job of showing the characters just sort of 
basking in their own coolness, you know, just mm-hmm. wearing cool suits and doing cool things and stuff like that. Um, so it did, yeah. So as I said, I picked it. I got it here. I picked it. Because, I added it to my list, should I say, because Barbara picked Focus and it made me think of of this back in the day. Do I think this is better than Focus? I think it is, but I think you don't think it is. That Yeah, you would be accurate in that assessment. <laughs> I think that the thing with Focus is, I mean, obviously you've got Will Smith. It's a lot um, more... A lot doing more his thing, it's yeah, it's and it, I thought focus was a little bit more sexy, and I thought there was a bit more um, respect around Margot Robbie's character, and that she yeah, was treated well, and handled a, a bit yeah. better than perhaps Rachel Weisz's character. Just a, was only a little bit, only in the fact that no one directly gropes her breasts, no, which happens in this uh, film. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, but no, this, I did you know, yes, that better. is definitely true. Uh, it, this look, this film hasn't aged well, and I'll be honest, I had completely forgotten that. Um, well, of course, because it. you're not. Most of, it's been a while since I watched I, it. it. Must absolutely. Be 10 years. And we've got, you know, we're we're looking at things now with more clarity and understanding and just figuring out, you know, what does work, what doesn't work, what's okay and what kind of makes your toes curl a little bit. Directly groping a woman is not. But there were moments in this (laughs) where it it was all the douchebag characters doing all the douchebag things. Whereas, so Edward Burns, who plays Jake, he's not the biggest douchebag and he is the hero. So I do think that there is something to be said there when it's characters do these things and you think, oh, that's a bit gross or I hate that, but they're not a likable guy and they're not meant to be likable. So you can kind of forgive the film in parts, I think. I think I think, I think that's a really good point. And also it is a bit, if you, you know, you're inevitably going to compare this to Ocean, the Ocean's Eleven films, Focus, all the ones like The Sting and stuff like that. It's definitely a bit grimier than those films. Uh, 100%. It's definitely, yeah. you know, everyone in this film is a little bit more of a grub, with the exception of like Rachel Weiss's character. It's obviously made up to be that sort of femme fatale type character, but everyone in it is a lot more like everyone smokes and drinks, and it's a lot more like a, you know, it's got a lot more of a grimier, darker, grimmer, more adult aesthetic rather yes. than. It's still cool, it's still sleek, but it's almost like they tried to go. Well, let's do something like an Ocean's Eleven, but let's make it more realistic. You know, in Ocean's Eleven, it's it's eleven guys robbing three casinos at the same time. Whereas this, it's you know, they're trying to do something that's more akin to what I imagine a real con is, which is conning mm-hmm. someone out of a load of money, but mm-hmm. not so much money that's like, you know, you could go off forever and live comfortably. It's like a big lot of money, but you know, that's your job for the yeah. next couple of weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, I thought Edward Burns was quite good in it. He's, he's got quite quite sort of macho he's got he's got like you know he's not as cool as as your Clooney's or your Smith's but he's a bit more he reminded me a little bit of like a James Kahn in Freebie and the Bean okay you know yeah, like a little bit a little yeah. bit more a little bit more sort of like he is always in control uh-huh. like he seems like he's always in control quite like that Dustin Hoffman properly steals the scenes that he's yes, in as he well I thought he, he was as he has you know as he tends to do when he when he pops up in films like this so I thought he did that um I thought he was quite funny in places as well there's some superstition mm-hmm. stuff that they touch upon like things like um uh, you know <laughs> something which we'll come back to but that redheads are bad luck uh, yeah, sorry yeah. so sorry I about that I haven't heard that one before but uh, there we are <laughs> well do you think you're bad luck or? hell yeah <laughs> I literally destroy anything that comes anywhere near me so I totally get it but it's funny with that because 
I thought Gordo, so Paul Giamatti's character, he was really funny, I thought. And yeah. I think he had some really strong comedic moments. And I, I think I found it a lot funnier than I perhaps was yeah. expecting to. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he is. I thought that as well. I'd never noticed the bathroom thing before that mm. he'd, I must have seen this a couple of times before and I'd never noticed that whole thing that he is obsessed with. He can't really use public bathrooms or VR. He's got to be clean and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, there's definitely some idiosyncrasies with his character and there's definitely some funny moments in there. It's almost like, because, again, comes back to that thing as, you know, it's a sexy common film, but there are elements that are just a little bit more uh, realistic. So one of them, again, spoilers, but at the beginning, one of them, the whole reason why they're trying to get revenge is one of them is 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 killed for something that he's done. But it's not like in a in a in a sort of like a big epic way. He's just shot whilst he's watching telly, mm-hmm. and he's just got like sitting in his pants, and he's got a big thing of Chinese food. He's just eating it, and he just gets shot in the head. Whereas other films, like in a you know, if you think of like your Scorsese films where it shows stuff like this, it's like big epic deaths. Like you think of like the end of Casino or Goodfellas or whatever it is, big epic cool deaths. Whereas this is just like, well, how would someone like that actually more likely get killed? Well, probably mm-hmm. just at home like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so overall, I think there's lots to like. I just, look, I think it knows what it is and it executes it fairly well. There are some flaws which we'll come on to, but go on. You say you've got some stuff that you like, so let's hear it. Obviously lukewarm, but let's hear the warm, not the luke. <laughs> uh, so I really like some of the cinematic techniques used. So this includes things like the lighting, the shot selection and the framing. So we get a couple of scenes where our core cast are sat at what kind of looks like like an outdoor cafe or something where they seem to be sitting on the pavement or the sidewalk for our friends over at the pond, over at the pond. For our friends over at the pond, I'll call it a sidewalk. Hello, hello to Excuse all of you me. over there, over at the over pond. The, over the pond, there we are. Um, but the camera is placed like a fair distance away, so you've got traffic cutting across the frame from one angle. And then when you get the reverse shot, there's pedestrians walking through the frame on the other side in front of the actors. And I just quite like this method, like it sort of disrupts uh, what's occurring in the frame. And I thought that was a really interesting choice. It makes it feel like really busy and almost like, oh yeah, like you say. isn't it? It is, but it it also adds to that grittiness, like you were saying, like they're not in some swanky hotel room having this meeting, like they're literally just sat on the pavement at a cafe with all yeah. these people around and all this traffic. And I quite like that. Uh, there's a lot of handheld camera work in this as well, which I wasn't expecting. And that makes it feel a little bit, bit more gritty as well than your usual con man film. And you don't usually associate that as much with things that are like more super slick and smooth and steady. You touched on the music there. I did really like the music. It reminded me of the soundtrack for the game Need for Speed that was Ooh. on the GameCube in like 2002 or something. I got the, absolutely the, obsessed with this for game. For young listeners at home, the GameCube was a console that old people played. Yeah, I can't. Who who is whose is the GameCube? Nin- is it Nintendo, Sega? Isn't it? Oh, is it Nintendo? Oh, no, because no. I'm sure it had all like Super Smash Brothers and stuff on it. Was it not yeah. like what they brought out after the N64? But Mate, I don't even Wii know. It was purple that. and it was a cube. The, <laughs> it was the a cube. Name was that? It was a it was a game cube. You played games it was on a it. Game Not cube. to be confused with the Dreamcast that casted dreams. Yeah, entirely, entirely oh, yeah. different. That fact, yeah, because the Sega Dreamcast wasn't it. Oh, yeah. I was so old. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved. I thought the soundtrack really reminded me of that and had that real sort of early noughties feel. It felt really genre appropriate and was always used at the right time, not dominating the scene and just always complementing what was happening on screen. So I really appreciated that. And there is a skill to that because we've seen films before where it's just too much and it it's does like my head in. It's can't like bear elevator it. music, isn't it? It's just on in the background all the time and you don't notice it. But if it wasn't there, you'd be like, this is weird. Yeah, except, but I did, but I did notice it. So it's like elevator music that I did In notice. a good way, though, you noticed it. But in a good, a good way. way. Yeah, right. Didn't do my head in. 
like Bruce Almighty. That was terrible, <laughs> terrible. Calm it down. Same year so, of release. Was it? Yeah, there we go. Hey, there we are. Yeah, it all comes back around. Synergy. I actually, uh, so I actually really like the moments with our protagonist, Jake. So he's played by Edward Burns. So he speaks directly to the camera at times. And I feel mm. like this is such a risk to do in these sort of films because 50% of the time it's going to work. And then the other 50% of the time it's just going to be cringe and weird. But it works here. And I think really works well with the genre and the subject matter because a con man character is usually someone who wants you to look at them. They're trying to charm you. They're trying to be convincing. So it works in this instance. And it reminded me at times a little bit of Will Smith in Hitch. So, you know, mm. Will Smith coming up a lot in this podcast. Sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry, Edward Burns. We're all about Smith here. <laughs> I think it's got a great pace. It always feel like it's moving, like both in terms of the story and just physically as well, because the shot selection is quite dynamic and has a great variety. The film is quite successful at moving along when it needs to and not letting the viewer get too bored with any particular scene or plot point. So it just always felt like something was going on. Like I didn't, you, you yeah. just weren't just sat there kind of waiting for the next thing to happen. It was a continuous momentum. And I thought that was really good. And you've touched on it already, but performance-wise, Dustin Hoffman is the standout here. I think he's excellent. He brings a lot to the character. There's a lot of effort from him and a lot of energy. And he's obviously got an idea of what he thinks this character is. And he's brought that and he's committed to it. Loved it when Andy Garcia turned up later. I really like him. I think he's a fantastic actor and he makes me laugh so much. Uh, and Gordo as well, like I said, played by Paul Giamatti. Just had some really, really funny moments in there that I thought was really enjoyable. And that was it for me, but there's quite a lot there, Joss. I don't want you to be disappointed that my reaction was a bit gentle. But no, there's <laughs> there's good elements in there. There really is. We'll move on then now to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or perhaps anything that we would change. So go on, Josh. I reckon you're going to be quite balanced here. Mm. I think, you you know, you're not you're not naive to these things. What are some things that you don't like about this film? I think, yeah, there are a few things. Like I said, it's our, it is flawed. Look, let's talk about the, the big one. Let's talk about the obvious big one. It's not aged very well. The treatment of Rachel Vice's character is pretty appalling. Mm -hmm. Like you said before, yes, a lot of it is from characters who are either villains, villainous, or not the sort of guys that you are want. The, just you know, douchebags, right? It's yeah, just they're not painting them out. Like, so so, so yeah. Dustin Hoffman's character is pretty misogynistic in it he's pretty sexist he's pretty he's pretty everything you know mm. in terms of but he's also a gangster so yeah. it's like he's not painting him out to be a good guy nope. but then there is a scene where he sort of does grope her yes and it's a bit i think what's more problematic about that scene is that if you read around it she didn't know that was going to happen oh really so what what he did to her was Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It was not consensual, basically. Mm, you know, that's not, not cool. For anyone that's who's ever cool. done any acting, if something calls for something, whatever it is in the script... There will always be a discussion between directors and actors of how do you mm-hmm. want to play this. There has been times when, like, obviously, we've joked before, I've done a drama degree where there's some there's, there's cause for someone to get slapped. Mm-hmm. And you just go as the actor, on the night, just hit me. Mm-hmm. Like, just actually do, you know. And you shouldn't do that. I should go on the record and say, I'm not like a Daniel Day-Lewis type. <laughs> but there are people who just go... Just do it then. Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, there's loads of stories throughout cinematic history of own oh, so-and-so did this to get a genuine reaction. Mm. And I'm always like, okay, I appreciate it. And on one hand, I appreciate it. And on the other hand, where's the line? Mm-hmm. And I think to grab a woman's breast, uh, you know, non-consensually to get an authentic reaction is probably crossing the line. Yes, I mean, how, how do you feel not about great. that now I've told now I've told you the context? How do you feel about that? That does suck because yeah. she wouldn't have been. It's it's just not cool that she wasn't expecting it. Like if it, if they had a conversation beforehand and she went, yeah, okay, that's fine, then whatever. But that you you can't you cannot predict how she's going to feel about that afterwards. And if she feels shit about that afterwards, that's your fault, and you shouldn't have put her in that position. You basically so that is real shame. Yeah. Yeah, like if she's so that sucks. So yeah, so that scene, and again, I know in the context, it's like, well, he's a bad guy, so he's doing a bad thing. But when you read around it, it's like, I don't really agree with that, you know, suffer for your art sort of bullshit. You know, just act it. Mm. There's other ways you can make her feel uncomfortable, you know, without without doing that. Um, so that was, you know, the, the general treatment around, you know, there's a lot of like, told you what would happen if we had a broad on a team. I told you what would happen. Yeah, if we had, you yeah, know. yeah. There's a lot, of, and there's a lot of just telling her how fit she is, and mm. telling her how beautiful she is, and stuff like that, you know. And and again, I know these are not these are not good guys. Any even Jake, Jake is a criminal who's the lead. Mm-hmm. But even then, he says, even he says to her at one point, summit, summit. Just because we fuck once doesn't mean you get to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's, you know, it's just a bit misogynistic. Well, it's very misogynistic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an issue, and I, I completely. It's not that it had gone over my head, but I suppose I just, I haven't watched this for, it must be coming up to 10 years since the last time I watched this. So Mm. I just, maybe I didn't notice it for whatever reason. So that was something. Um, 
yes, okay, you know, an extension of that, Dustin Hoffman's character is inappropriate, yes, and, and they are inappropriate. I did think it fall, fell down a little bit an hour in. I thought it became a little bit bogged down with a little bit bogged down with its own plot and a little bit bogged down with telling you its own plot and then also sort of trying to get back to going, look how clever this is, look how clever our characters mm-hmm. are. So it's a little bit like that. There is, I know I said there's a good balance between exposition dumping, but there's at least one bit right at the beginning where Paul Giamatti just exposition dumps the whole setup for the film. Uh-huh. So after their friend is killed, they then go away and meet up again at a cafe and that's when Paul Giamatti goes, this is who killed him, and this is why, and this is what he told him, and this is... Uh, uh-huh. And there's no... That's how you were introduced to Dustin Hoffman's character, because once he's told them all that, they then go and meet him, and that's uh-huh. when they're trying to do the grift and all that. So there is a little bit of like... I'd never noticed that before. I'd never noticed how much it literally just went, here is the setup for the film in a whole bit of dialogue. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other thing I just want to finish on, which I, I, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Clocks does not fit at the end whatsoever. <laughs> Completely great. It's so weird. It was so weird. As it finished, finished, Abby walked in and she went, How was it watching it again? And I went, Yeah, you know, some good, some bad. And they went, This bullshit though. Like, it doesn't fit. Doesn't fit the whole aesthetic of the film. Like, Uh -uh. all cool. Not that, you know, I I don't mind Coldplay. I think they've got some good songs, but it just Mm -hmm. doesn't fit. It is your proper quintessential example of, well, that's in the charts at the moment, so if we get it in the film, it might get the film watched. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. And the rest of the film, it's a score. It is a score that has been written by a composer. There's no other songs. It's it's not a soundtrack. And then... Just as the just before the credits, I was like, "Huh? What the hell?" But no, it is weird and it's jarring and it doesn't match. And and I thought that is such a bizarre choice. I sort of gone wrong with my telly. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh <laughs> shit! I'm picking up the radio somewhere. And it goes on for ages. <laughs> the whole time is that they play the whole thing to, to the, the point thing, where yeah. it goes through the credits. And my other half went, "Oh wow, they've committed to playing the whole song." I was the like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they've paid Coldplay for the song, using the song." <laughs> So weird. I yeah, pay for the song. Good. I'm getting the song. Okay. Using it. Using <laughs> well, it. Well, anyway, that you know, that's about it for me. So what do you think about, you know, do you agree with my points? What did, was there anything else you didn't like? What do you reckon? Yeah, I certainly agree with most of what you said there. For me in general, I just the film just didn't have a huge impact on me. And there are a lot of different good factors about the film, some of which obviously I've just described, but as a whole, it just didn't make me feel a great deal. I didn't feel hugely engaged and I wasn't really too bothered about how things turned out one way or the other. And I am finding it a bit difficult to fully analyse why that is, Mm. but I think that one of the contributing factors is that I didn't really think much of Edward Burns. So he turns up, he does the job, he looks like Ben Affleck and he's wearing a suit, right? So... He's, that all works and that's fine. But there's nothing to his character. There is mm. no je ne sais quoi, I loathe to say, but I feel like that's the thing. So you think there's he, no, does, does he lack charisma, do you think? There's just there's something, there is something missing. I feel like he has turned like, um, up and he's read the lines and that's kind of it. And I, you know, a bit like, and again, I'm never, neither of these people are going to listen to this podcast, but I'd never, you know, this is just opinion. A little bit like, I'm a bit like that with Sam Worthington. Oh my goodness, yeah. I'm a bit like... I get what you mean. He's just... Or, again, you're probably not going to listen to it. Orlando Bloom. I'm like, <laughs> you got no... 
you got no this summer Listen, where I'm like uh, Alanda uh. Bloom is the best elf ever and it <laughs> works right but Anything away else. from that it's like no you can't just be Legolas in everything but it's doesn't like, work yeah. in everything it's I like totally this, get you it's yeah. the cinematic equivalent of someone going like do you like Lana Del Rey and I'm like yeah ooh. Sure. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. It's all right. She had yeah. that one good one. Yeah. And then, if I'm eating. Yeah. And, it, and if yeah. I need something on in the background. Yeah. Is, then it won't be that. Just, I'd much rather listen to what it was Reddin or Sam Cooke. Anyway. Um, he just didn't, that he didn't command the screen for me. I feel like he didn't, he didn't do any extracurricular like into his character. He didn't want to figure out his character's motivations, mm. that sort of thing. There just isn't really much else there. Bernard Edward. It was, and it's, the thing is, his performance was like fine. Like yeah. he can act. He's, he's not crap. He's not crap. Definitely not. And he and he delivered in some respects. But when you've got him alongside someone like Dustin Hoffman, who, in my opinion, has dug a little deeper, has looked for a little certain certain that makes this guy who he is, and, and this is why so he's acting this way. It. Yeah, and that it just was missing with our leading man. So I just felt detached I think. he's a little bit upstaged by other characters isn't he he's a little bit yeah upstaged. He like, he's definitely bit. upstaged by dustin hoffman he's probably upstaged by paul giamatti and although she isn't given loads to do i'd probably argue that rachel vice is a stronger screen presence than him and a I lot of that's due to the way yeah. obviously when she is framed she is she takes up the whole screen because mm -hmm. they're very much like they've made the femme fatale character sort of thing and even though they don't give her loads to do she's still upstages him in those scenes because she is so she just commands your attention, doesn't she, when she's on mm -hmm. the screen so well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. So I, I, that is mainly it, really. I just didn't feel, I just didn't feel the thing. I didn't feel the thing that I want to feel when I'm watching a film. And it's not that I don't like films of this genre. There was just something or a few things there missing for me. The only thing I can truly pinpoint is Edward Burns, which is a shame. Mm. Uh, and I wish I could dig deeper Actually, into you know, this. Sometimes you have those films where you go, especially when you're doing this, I like it. You know, you know, there's things I like, there's things I don't, but I am in no rush to watch it again. Mm. There's definitely films I've, you know, that, that, that both of us have picked. I've even, you know, ones of my, my own that I've picked or ones that you've picked. I've been like, yeah, I've got stuff to say, but nah, you know, and, and that's that, you know, it's definitely do it. It's there to do a job, isn't it? It's there to entertain you and be fluffy and be cool and sleek and sexy. It does do that. It's, but it probably doesn't, leave a lasting memory it might have done for me a little bit more because i watched it at a little bit more of an impressionable age when i was probably about 14 for and sure, you're all about yeah. the cool sex con men films mm -hmm. um but now it's the sort it's definitely the sort of film if you put it on you turn to your other half or whoever you watched it with as it finished and went yeah it's fine mm -hmm. but what was the lead guy's name <sighs> jack jake Okay, then, so let's move on to talking about the critical reception, then, so then we can talk about the critical reception and the box office and decide is it underrated, is it underseen, is it neither? Um, Alice, I presume you haven't seen the box office or the critical reception. How mm -hmm. do we think it did? Um... So you've picked it because you thought it was underrated. So you you you're kind of aware of its flaws, but you do quite like it at the same time. How do I think it did? I I reckon. What do I think the critics thought? Oh, I don't know. This is a hard one actually because technically there's quite a lot of good things about it. 
Yeah. It's just as a whole, it just doesn't quite deliver for me personally. I would, I'd probably give it like a high five, like maybe Ooh, like a 5.7. And com five dense. I, what? <laughs> <laughs> What'd com, you say? Com five com dense. Five dense. <laughs> That's I'm it. very tired. So you give it a high five. We did it. We won the podcast. We did it. We, we did made it. the worst pun that anyone's <laughs> ever made. I think, yeah, so I'd probably give it about 5.7. Do I think it got that? Maybe like around that. I'd okay. maybe go just a tiny bit lower. Oh, God. And maybe say it got just a like a 5.5, just a tiny bit lower. I reckon it got 5.5 overall. Okay. That's kind of what, so, I'm, what I'm sitting on. So at the time of recording over on IMDb, it gets 6.6 6 out of 10. Oh my goodness. Wow. The audience on Rotten Tomatoes give it 70%. What? And oh the critics on, on Rotten Tomatoes give it 69%. So they're what? all in the same region. Oh, shit. And that averages out 68%. Right. I'm missing something. So, so I'm I think missing for me, something. So this is, why I, this is why I said at the beginning, I don't think, I'm not sure it is underrated. I'd say for me, that is about right. It's mm -hmm. a pro, you know, it's fine. It's 68, you know, just under a seven. I know for you, that's probably overrated, is it? it, it, it yeah. So yeah, we'll put that out to the guys. Because I'm not even saying it's underrated, to be honest. I'm looking at that like, yeah, it's probably about right. For me, this is probably, yeah, it's probably a seven out of 10. 68 is, a, is just under that, but I'll settle for appropriately rated. However, box office wise, mm. it made worldwide $23 million. So okay. that, for me, if you consider the cast, yeah. if you consider it was released in the wake of Ocean's Eleven, yeah. you got Rachel Weisz in there, you got Dustin Hoffman. So Rachel Weisz, this is around the time that the Mummies films were really big. Right. Brendan Dustin Fraser's Hoffman's obviously, Mummy, yeah. Dustin Hoffman's Dustin Hoffman. Um, Edward Burns was, I don't, you know, he's, I don't think he's ever been a massive, massive name. He's, he's known mainly for Saving Private Ryan. Um, but he's in this as well. And, and uh, you know, there's other elements as well. So I would say, that is underseen when you consider who is in it. What would you say to that? Yes, and it says here that the budget was 15 mil. So that's what, only 10 million? Oh, not so, even, 23 so, million, you said. So, so yeah, 8 so mil it's, over its, it's budgets. That's and not that's, loads. And it's not account for marketing as well, which is usually double the budget. Yeah. So I would say oh. it's appropriately rated and underseen. And I'm guessing you're saying it's it's overrated, uh, underseen. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll give I'll I'll give you that I'll give you that it's technically it's probably underseen because probably not many people have watched it with that sort of box office. <laughs> Do I think people should watch it? Maybe if you're into this sort of thing and if you like Edward Burns, maybe maybe you're a big for Edward the Burns, Burns fan. Out there, yeah, the big maybe, old... maybe this is for you. Um, but yeah, I'd go on a little bit underseen. Probably not underrated for me though. Probably a bit <laughs> overrated. We'll put it to you guys out there. Okay then, so confidence. Mm. We'll put to the guys out there, but we're going possibly we're saying under we're saying underseen and then the rating. That's down to you guys at home. Um Alice, it's uh -huh. your turn to pick next week. Sure what is. Are we watching? What are you That's following gonna... confidence with? Um, well, I'm confident that this one is gonna impress you. Okay. Uh, I, th I think I think I'm on to a winner here. So next week we're going to be watching, we're going to be analysing Fantastic Four, the one from 2005. The Jessica Albert, Hugh and Grifford one. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. 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 Well, in that case, join us for next week where we'll be talking about the Fantastic Four. Well, just Fantastic Four from 2005. You know, the one with Captain America in it (laughs) before he's Captain America. Yes, exactly Um, that. And uh, amongst other people. So, yes, tune in next week when we're going to be talking about Fantastic Four. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you just search for Just Films and That on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter slash X, whatever it's called now, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you'll find us. Go over there. Give us a follow. We're always putting content out there as well as links to our regular episodes. We're also on the television as well, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday evening from 6pm, you can find me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. Or if you're outside the UK or not in one of those regions, you can check us out on Daily Motion. Oh. So if you go on over there and type in Just Films and that, you'll be able to see exactly what it is that we're up to but yes we're on your telly every friday evening from 6 p.m yes lots of ways to see us hear us engage with us get in touch with us um we will see you next week when we're going to be talking about fantastic four very excited um it's goodbye from me thank you for listening cheerio bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.